Hello, welcome back to Witch Fix. I'm Sarah and today I'm going to be looking at two books in one because I'm reviewing Witch Child and Sorceress by Celia Rees. Now I first read Witch Child when I was probably about 12 and it was because a friend of mine at the time who was also the friend that I got into Wicca with when we first read uh, the magazine article in the teen magazine about what it was she had a copy of this and I thought it was quite interesting. I was already into things that had witches in. I was already watching Charmed and Buffy and all the rest of it and I was sort of interested in witchy books as well and because it had witch in the title I was very interested. Also the front cover is a really quite arresting picture of a straight on headshot of a blonde lady in a black dress and there's just something about her eyes which is just very um very magnetic it kind of draws you into the book and you want to know her story um, I don't know if it's just me but I just find the picture on the front cover amazing as is the same with the front cover of Sorceress I love them both a lot now Witch Child is quite a short book it's aimed at young adults it's about 250 pages long and it is set as the diary of a girl called Mary and it's apparently been found in its component pages sewn into an antique quilt from the 1600s. Now that's not actually the case, that's just a fictional framing device, but for the longest time I thought it was actually true that this is how the diary had been found and that this was actually a diary. And mostly that's in the presentation in the book because at the end it says that they're still trying to piece together Mary's story and to please contact this email address if you have any extra information. And at the beginning there's like a little typed section which is uh, explaining the provenance of the journal entries if you like. It becomes quite clear when you read Sorceress that it is obviously all fictitious but reading the first book it is very easy to believe that it is genuinely a diary written by someone at that time because it's just meticulously detailed but in such an effortless way the historic detail is just blended into the story beautifully and it kind of educates and makes you really believe in it without ever stuffing dates facts and figures down your throat like some historical books you know, the author is obviously very keen to show off how much research that they've done that's one of the things that I absolutely love about it now the story in the journal entries of The Witch Child is the story of a young girl called Mary who I think is about 14, 13, 14 at, at time of start and her grandmother in the first couple of entries is arrested, tried as a witch and subsequently hanged, leaving Mary alone. She's then taken to a group of Puritans who are about to sail for the New World, meaning America, uh, they're not the first ones to do so, they're heading for the already formed town of Salem but it is still quite early on in terms of people travelling over there and then what follows is her story of travelling to the new world, reaching Salem and then the people she's travelling with find out that other members of their congregation who've gone before them have actually broken with Salem and have gone off into the wilderness to form their own town called Beulah which I always say as Beulie in my head when I'm reading it, but that's because there's sort of an amusement park in England that's called Beulie, and I must have visited it at the same time because it's just tied up with that in my head. Beulah is not an amusement park. It is a place for Puritans who are too Puritan for the Puritan town of Salem. It's incredibly strict, and as soon as Mary gets there, a lot of unease and ill-wishing comes to light, which... 
obviously doesn't bode well for her being that she is the daughter of a witch and the granddaughter of a witch now on top of that story of obviously a young girl going to the new world and being suspected of witchcraft there's also another layer which is the layer i really want to talk about which is that mary is actually a witch at the start of the book is very unhappy about her grandmother being hanged and you start thinking okay so it's just one of these oh the the old lady who practices herbal healing and is not beholden to others for anything is seen as a witch and her granddaughter is educated enough to know that that's the reason that she's being put to death but it kind of transpires that her grandmother can do quite a lot of the things that they mention at her witch trial for example she can turn into her hair and sort of send herself out in spirit and mary does see her similarly um, although mary only meets her birth mother for a matter of hours because for various reasons she was forced to give mary up to the lady that she's seen as her grandmother you do find out that that mother is likewise a witch and that being a witch is something that is passed on in blood and mary meets various other women who also have witch in their blood and they can recognize it in her so what does being a witch in the world of witch trials actually mean well that isn't actually touched on much in the story mary does have these peculiar talents she occasionally has dreams or visions of the future and she's very good at herbal remedies and healing she's quite perceptive in many ways about different people and can see things that others can't she doesn't perform any spells or magic she does have little superstitions that she kind of clings to but that's not clear whether that's a product of her upbringing or actual witchcraft in the village of Beulah there are a group of Puritan girls very much like the Puritan girls who you hear about in the Salem witch childs who are very keen to point the finger at people and make them suspect in the ongoing witch trials but these girls themselves are actually practicing witchcraft only what they're practicing is what they've heard about in sermons and pulpit tirades from the Reverend Johnson who kind of runs Beulah with an iron fist. They meet in the woods, they dance naked, they boil frogs and poisonous herbs up in a pot and they do actually succeed in cursing people. They use a poppet to make a girl, Rebecca's baby, come early and various other things. So it is kind of implied that witchcraft is not just something that is hereditary and that you are born into, but also something that you can adopt and that anyone can do. But it's not seen as an inherently evil thing because obviously Mary is the protagonist and she is very good and very lovely to all those around her and she just wants a new family and a new place to stay whereas these girls are very bitter and vain and greedy and they just want to take things for themselves that don't rightly belong to them at the end of which child the journal entries suddenly cut off because mary is driven out of beulah and that's sort of where we pick up in sorceress but with some added storylines sorceress is a much longer book it also contains the story of Agnes, who is a woman who is in college. She's of Native American descent and she is having visions of Mary's life post Beulah. And this is because Mary's story kind of wound its way through various different parts of Northern America and Canada. And she finally ended up being taken in by the tribe from which Agnes is descended. 
her aunt M is a medicine woman for that tribe and she owns some objects which belonged to Mary and which have been passed down through the generations and Agnes herself has just read Witch Child which in the fictional universe of Sorceress is a published book and is actually the story of Mary found in the quilt so she emails the fictitious email address in the book to say actually I think I know this person. Agnes then goes on a kind of spirit journey via a sweat lodge and some various rituals that her aunt performs because her spirit has become sort of connected to Mary in a way that could endanger her life if she doesn't listen to the story that Mary has to tell and do so in a way that Aunt Em can protect her. So we kind of go back and forth between Agnes's story and her concerns about the artifacts that her aunt has and showing them to the woman who wrote the witch child book who in sorceress is called Alison Elman and who is not actually the writer who wrote the book and the actual story of Mary as it unfolds from when she left Beulah to where she entered her life. Now that story weaves around quite a lot and it's quite different to witch child because witch child was quite narrow in scope it covered the journey to Beulah and the events at Beulah and it moved on very quickly the entries were quite short Whereas in this, we kind of see more of Mary and more of her internal life because I suppose it's not meant to be journal entries. It's meant to be literally how she experienced things. We follow Mary's life from her being rescued from the Winter Woods, her marrying uh, one of the Native American characters from the first book, Jaybird, and being taught medicine and various other sorcery from his grandfather, White Eagle. Unfortunately, tragedy does before her family, and at various points during the novel, Mary is sent off into the world with nothing and has to struggle to survive. She also has several children throughout the book. Uh, she has Speckled Bird, who is her youngest daughter, who is unfortunately murdered. She has Black Fox, who is her eldest biological son, who is a warrior, and she adopts an orphaned settler child called Ephraim, and he becomes her son as well. This book is a lot less about bigotry and a lot less about persecution, although there are still those elements to it. It's also about family and about knowing where you've come from and appreciating your roots. And I think that's a really important message to remember when practicing witchcraft in that your ancestors went through huge amounts for you. And basically you are here because they survived long enough to pass on their genes. You are here as a product of many, many, many people and some of those people probably practiced pagan-esque ceremonies and religions, not in the sense that we do now, but in the sense that people did pre-Christianity. And especially if you're a woman, I think it's important because the women who came before you went through all sorts of horrible things like birth without sort of modern accoutrements and they were persecuted and they were probably viewed very much as second-class citizens and they suffered and they gave a lot for you to be here and I think that's important to remember and that's sort of a running theme of Sorceress. What I like about Sorceress as well is that much like the lollipop shoes to chocolate it is a lot more involved in the magic a lot more magic is used. Mary herself performs several sort of ceremonies, some to take on the shape of animals and to strike down those who threaten her family. And she does various sort of small magics to conceal herself in times of trouble, to protect her children and various other things. 
Aunt M also performs various rituals and they're quite interesting to read about. Again, the meticulous research comes into the book. I fully believed everything that I read in it and it bore the hallmarks of having been very carefully researched and very carefully put together. To my knowledge, these are the only books that Celia Rees has written about sort of witches and witchcraft slash magical practices. I have read one of her other books called Pirates with a an exclamation mark and that has a few sort of magical realism elements mainly to do with a cursed ruby necklace or ruby necklace that might be cursed and it is also interesting and quite well researched so I do recommend her other books as well but these two are my favourites because they do deal with witchcraft, Salem, Native American law and it's all my favourite things rolled into one book which I well rolled into two books but you know what I mean rolled into one book series. Both of these books I did own at one point but I think they got sold when I went off to university and thought I'm never going to need any of my teenage books again and it's not until recently that I'm like actually those are some dang good books and I've had to buy them again but you do often see copies of these in charity shops I guess because other people have gone off to university and discarded them I bought mine on eBay, Kel Surprise. You can also get them on Amazon and I think you can even still buy them in bookshops because they're published by Bloomsbury and they were very popular. So I think they are still out there as new copies. The overall message of Witch Child and Sorceress is, aside from all the various things that we can learn about humanity and persecution and all the rest of it, the magical lesson that we can learn is nicely articulated in Witch Child, which is those that can cure can kill. And that's very much what the magic in Witch Child and Sorceress is about, in my opinion. It's this kind of double-edged knife where it can be used to great effect to help people, to heal them of illnesses, or it can be used to smite down people who are evil or who wish you harm. That's very much the kind of magic that I practice. It's not perhaps as in line with modern Wicca, but it is to do with my sort of philosophy on things in that magic is a tool that can be used in various different ways it can be used to improve lives it can be used to save lives but it can also be used to make those lives more difficult for those who are perhaps making your life difficult and you want them punished or out of the way and this is the kind of magic that mary works at various points through the book and in fact uh, one of the first instances of her displaying magical talent is when her grandmother is put on the scaffold to be hanged and she wishes that the people in front of her would turn into toads or fornicating newts or that their brains would curdle in their skulls and run out of their noses and mouths because they were just such horrible horrible people and at that point a man on the scaffold coughs and coughs quite a lot of blood into a handkerchief and this is either because he has consumption or because Mary has cursed him or perhaps a combination of the two. I'm going to read you an extract from Witch Child and an extract from Sorceress. The, well, I tell a lie. I'm actually going to read two extracts from Witch Child because I thought they nicely illustrated, first of all, the tone of the book and also the kind of way that the magic in them works. So from right at the start, entry one. I am Mary. I am a witch, or so some would call me, spawn of the devil, witch child, they hiss in the street, although I know neither father or mother. I know only my grandmother, Eliza Nuttall, mother Nuttall to her neighbours. She brought me up from a baby, 
If she knew who my parents are, she has not told me. Daughter of the Earl King and the Elfin Queen, that's who you are. We live in a small cottage on the very edge of the forest. Grandmother me and her cats and my rabbits lived, lived there no more. Men came and dragged her away. Men in black coats and hats as tall as steeples. They skewered the cat on a pike. They smashed the rabbit's skull by hitting him against the wall. They said these were not God's creatures, but familiars, the devil himself in disguise. They threw the mess of fur and flesh onto the midden and threatened to do the same to me, to her, if she did not confess her sins to them. They took her away then. She was locked in the keep for more than a week. First, they walked her, marching her up and down, up and down between them, for a day and a night until she could no longer hobble, her feet all bloody and swollen. She would not confess. So they set about to prove she was a witch. They called a woman, a witch pricker, who stabbed her all over with long pins, probing for the spot that was numb, where no blood ran, the place where the familiars fed. The men watched as the woman did this, and my grandmother was forced to stand before their gloating eyes, a naked old lady, deprived of modesty, dignity, and the blood streaming down her withered body, and still she would not confess. They decided to float her. They had plenty of evidence against her, you see. Plenty. All weak folk had been coming to them with accusations. How she had overlooked them, bringing sickness to their livestock and families. How she had used magic, sticking pins in wax figures to bring on affliction. How she transformed herself and roamed the country for miles around as a great hare. How she did this by the use of ointment made from melted corpse fat. They questioned me, demanding, is this so? She slept in the bed next to me every night. How do I know where she went when sleep took her? It was all lies, nonsense and lies. These people accusing her, they were our friends, our neighbours. They had gone to her, pleading with her for help with beasts and children, sick or injured, a wife nearing her time. For she had the skill in herbs, potions, in her hands. But the power came from in her, not from the devil. The people trusted her, or they had until now. They had wanted her presence. Birth or death, my grandmother was asked to be there to assist in the passage from one world to the next. And then from page 47, entry 11, this is just after the boat has sailed off from England. And I thought it was quite interesting because it contrasts that earlier passage where Mary is very much clear-cuttedly denouncing the fact that she and her grandmother are witches and with the actuality that actually she is a witch in a sense but not in the sense that people are being persecuted for. Good weather and fair winds held. The sailors praised the pastor until we had passed Land's End, saying that his prayers had worked. But at night I dreamed of blessings of a different kind. All along the coast I saw women in high places, on craggy headlands and jutting promontories, keeping a watch for our passing. Some were standing, long hair streaming, arms outstretched. Some sitting on rocking stones, staring out as if from thrones. I dreamed myself near enough to see their faces. I knew that they had been sent there by my mother. Word had gone out to protect me. I am her daughter, and she is a most powerful witch. So you see there that Mary is sort of claiming her witch heritage and has reached a point where she's sort of disclosing in her diary that 
she is a sort of witch in the sense that she has these powers and is part of this sort of sisterhood of women who also have like powers but that she is not of the corpse fat boiling children stealing broomstick riding variety that these sort of ignorant puritans and other christians in the parish where she used to live have dreamt up amongst themselves this passage i'm going to read from sorceress it comes about after the village where mary lives has been raided and her daughter has been murdered and she is alone in the sort of wreckage of the village and i chose it because it shows the kind of magic that she does in the second book and also the kind of development of her character from someone who is being persecuted and running away to someone who is going to stand their ground and fight using every means at their disposal. I sat on the ground, as frozen and numb as when Jaybird first found me cast out in the forest. I wished that he had left me there. I wished that I had died that day. I remembered White Eagle's extra look of sadness. All those years ago, he had known that this would happen. Such knowledge is a grievous burden. No wonder he had longed to leave this world. I was so lost in grief, I did not hear him until he was upon me. I did not even hear his horse, John Sampson. He slid from the saddle and walked towards me. His step was silent. Even though he was dressed as a white man, he still wore moccasins. I knew you'd be back, eyes of wolf. I know why they call you so. I had no use for your whelp, but you, you are worth money. Come no closer. I stood up and loosened the tomahawk at my belt, or it will be the worse for you. What can you do, a woman alone? You were a traitor to your people and a killer of children. You do not deserve to live. What will you do, put a spell on me? He laughed. I have heard you were strong in sorcery. Do you want to see? I gave him the wolf in me. His mocking smile died and he paled as a snarling she-wolf took my place. I could have killed him myself, torn his throat out, but I disliked the taste of blood in my mouth. Instead, I kept him rooted as I assumed my own shape again. He stood before me, motionless as a statue, seeing nothing, hearing nothing, until the tomahawk landed with a splintering thud in the centre of his chest. He looked down then as if he was thinking, What does that do there? It was not there before. Then he pitched forward. I left him with his blood making rivers in the mud and gathered up my speckled bird. You can see in that extract how powerful Mary becomes in the second book when she is been tutored by White Eagle in various medicine and sort of completed the training that her grandmother started with her so long before. And also how much she has adapted to suit the way of life that she is now living where she is being hunted and persecuted along with her family. There are some trigger warnings to go with these books. Obviously a lot of unpleasant th things happen to women and especially Native American people throughout history so there are quite some graphic and gruesome passages in Sorceress and also in Witchchild although not so much in Witchchild. Also in Sorceress there is a trigger warning for rape and sexual assault I heartily recommend both these books if you've not read them already, not just because of their witchy content, which obviously is tremendously attractive to myself and others who are interested in witchcraft, but also because of the time period that they're set in, 
the way that that's been researched and the way that research has been put into work in writing the books and also in the sense of there's so much to learn from them about acceptance and tolerance and persecution and prejudice and I think those are very important lessons especially now and I think because of those lessons they're very important books to share with younger people and to share with the sort of teenagers that they were aimed at but also I think older people can get something out of them I myself reread them this week and they're still really enthralling they don't baby the reader they don't talk down to you so I would recommend these for adult readers as well I hope you've enjoyed this episode and as always you can get in touch via twitter which is at witchfix and via email which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com I also have a Patreon and if you'd like to donate some money that would be very much appreciated. I can't keep all the episodes up on Stitcher and Podbean unless I pay for extra bandwidth and that costs money so if you'd like to donate some money you are more than welcome to. Otherwise you can enjoy this episode and all the backlog of episode on Castbox where I don't have to pay for extra bandwidth and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! (laughs)